This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome back to another edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. I am Sterling Holmes. Matt Connor is through the virtual wavelengths right here. Matt, I'm not going to lie. It's Master Sunday, and I'm here. This just shows how much I love you. I love the Arrowhead Addict fans, and I love Chiefs football. This is a big deal for me, Matt, right now. I'm missing Hideki Matsuyama out here putting up numbers. He's getting ready to hit Amen Corner, and I'm here talking Chiefs football. That's called passion and dedication. Man, you are redefining the word sacrifice as we speak. Yeah, this is this is sacrifice. I am pretty sure like the definition of sacrifice is a picture of me drinking coffee and doing a Chiefs podcast while the Masters are on. <laughs> By the way, I think you just doubled or maybe tripled the number of Hideki's I can name in my life. So I appreciate you doing that for me. Hideki Matsui, Hideki Matsuyama. Hideki Arabu, right? I'm out. He was uh okay. He was another baseball import at some point. I'm pretty sure it was Hideki. What do I know? Anyway, welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're glad you're sacrificing. And uh yeah, this should be a fun, a fun this is this should be a fun time, but like we're in a barren desert of news and it's April for like it's early April. What's going on in Chiefs Kingdom right now? Uh, Demarcus Robinson having more confidence than Ricky Henderson. I mean, right now, D-Rob's making Ricky Henderson look like he has zero confidence. And Ricky Henderson talked about himself in third person. <laughs> D-Rob is do you Do you ever do that? Do you ever reference yourself in third person? Ever? Oh, of course. I'm like, yo, Sterling Holmes over here is out here birdieing holes. Sterling Holmes just hit a deep three. Of course I talk about myself in third person. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> on the golf course. Well, on the golf all your, course. All your analogies were on the golf course. Well, typically, I mean. Okay. Okay. I dig it. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> but well, let's we- let's talk Demarcus <laughs> Robinson. No. <laughs> after after Rob saying that he's going to go for a thousand yards in ten touchdowns, I don't get me wrong. I love the confidence. And what else are you going to say? He's not going to say, "Yeah, I plan on going for five hundred yards and hopefully I get three tutties this year." I get that, but at some point, I want to <laughs> say, "Like, dude, you actually haven't gone over five hundred yards yet in a season." McCole Hardman has actually had more yards. <laughs> the past two seasons. I, I was just a little bit like, I'm all for confidence. Trust me. I get it. Cause I feel like I'm just bursting with confidence, but at some point you got to say, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Let's, let's try and get 500 or 750 first. Are, are you saying that you're unmoved by the wait, not that contract year, but this one, like, like <laughs> you don't, you don't like that. You don't like that routine because I'm because I'm a little moved by it. Yeah, I'm just and I get it. It's a it's always a contract year apparently. And players always show up in contract years, but where was it last year? Where where was the Chris Conley contract? Just to me, and I like D Rob. I think he's a very useful player. I think he's very versatile. He's a great blocker, great team player. But putting out those lofty expectations puts a little bit of pressure on himself that 
I don't think he needs. You know, I'm I'm with you on on that one. First of all, let me say this. I'd like to say a very sincere thank you to Demarcus Robinson for creating news. It, the Chiefs haven't signed someone since the 37th re-signing of CJ Spiller. So I'm <laughs> starved for any news. Um, and so I'm very thankful for Demarcus Robinson deciding to say something, you know, rather, I mean, you can call it confident, you can call it overconfident, you can call it uh, ridiculous, whatever it is. I'm just thankful to have something to talk about here. On the other side of it, though, I will say, I think there's room for a few things here. I think there's room for a third pass catcher. And I am i don't mean like someone on the level that D-Rob or Hardman has already put up. I mean, I think there's room for a third very good pass catcher, um, even apart from the targets that Tyreek and Travis are going to get. And why not, Demarcus? Like, why not, right? I, I went back and I was looking at his draft stuff. I was just like, does this guy even have it in him? He's still only 26. Um, and like coming out of Florida, I, like, I mean, he fell to the fourth round. But remember this, like John Dorsey chose D-Rob a whole round earlier than he did Tyreek because he liked him. And D-Rob slipped in the draft because he was suspended four times at Florida. Like, I don't even know that I could be suspended, like, four times ever in my whole school and be allowed to go back to school. But, but he, you know, he was suspended like three times his freshman year for various, uh, I think it was various marijuana um, issues. And then he met with a marketing official his junior year. That was another suspension. So there was just a lot of cloudy air there in Gainesville and teams just steered clear. I say that because I wonder if we might believe in DeMarcus if he had been taken in the second round, like maybe where his athletic profile would have had him at versus the fourth. Like, would that make you a believer in his talent if Dorsey had sunk an earlier pick in him? Do you do you think that McCole Hardman, who was a second round draft pick, is going to get a thousand yards and 10 Ooh. touchdowns next year? Touche. I mean, just where I'm coming from here is I like D Rob. He's very useful on a team. And I appreciate the confidence. It just seems foolhardy that people, especially on Twitter, like saying, oh, yeah, he he could do that. I'm sure. I'm sure he maybe could. But one percent chance, you know, like I understand what you're saying, but you said it with a Tyreek Hill situation. Tyreek Hill also had some off the field issues that really plummeted his draft stock as well. My thinking here is I'm not going to buy in until he shows me he started nine games last year he had a chance to take the reins with sammy Watkins out and no one stepped up mccall didn't step up d rob didn't step up byron pringle may have been the closest person to stepping up and if you're getting outplayed by byron pringle nothing against him but i'm just saying not a super highly touted not super you know not a superstar draft prospect I have a tough time believing that all of a sudden this is the year that D-Rob is just going to break out. Are we overinflating Byron Pringle? Like like if Pringle had 40 catches for 400 yards, we'd be like, "Ah, there he is. He's showing what he can do." But like a year after that, would we be like, "Oh, is that all he can do?" You know, like I just wonder like what's what's fair to these guys and what 
like we're all so high on Byron right now because like what's he had in a single season, like, like 10 catches for a hundred yards. So yeah. like, 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 like what are we, what are we projecting versus not projecting here? And, and what do you like? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I'm just wondering, do you think like Pringle, do you think Pringle could jump into past 500 yards? Like, could he, could he contribute several hundred yards? I, I think he could, but I, I think of Byron Pringle in the same way that I think of Demarcus Robinson, which is the same way I think of Chris Conley, which are useful, solid wide receivers, not superstars, not dudes who are going to go out and put up 1K seasons with 10 touchdowns. I mean, this isn't prime uh, you know, Dwayne Bow over here, okay? Like, just my personal opinion is they're dudes. They're useful players, they're great guys, phenomenal teammates, but there's a reason why no one stood just stood out and took the reins when Sammy Watkins was hurt and out. There's a reason why Patrick seemingly had to focus in more on Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. The other guys, they just weren't stepping up. They weren't getting open, at least with any sort of consistency. We know McColl occasionally got open. We know about D-Rob's occasional great game that makes you think, oh, was he finally putting it together? I-, I think they are what they are. They can occasionally go off, but not with any sort of consistency. That Because w- if, the- if someone else would have saw what D-Rob sees in himself, they would have offered him a bigger contract. They would. There's there's a reason why he came back to Kansas City on a very team friendly deal. There weren't a lot of teams out there vying for his prospects, or else if they thought there he was going to go for a thousand and ten, he would have gotten a what two year fifteen million dollar contract. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. No, that no that that's a that's a great point. Money talks, and the money didn't talk. I mean, he did say he let he told the Detroit Lions, no thanks, whatever that means. But let me let me ask you this. Let me break it. Let me just. Let me play a little bit of devil's advocate and just break it down like this. Do you think that Hardman or D-Rob, for example, could go for five catches and 50 yards on a consistent basis every single week? I would say yes, but a lot of that is them eating into each other. I think that's what it comes down to is a lot of times Byron, McColl, and D-Rob are going to be eating into each other's roles because I don't think any one of those three are really going to stand out. If I had to pick one that I think is going to stand out more than the rest, I would still pick McColl based on speed. I think he has that game-changing ability, so I I would lean that route. But again, I just don't see any of those three guys all of a sudden just bursting onto the scene. I mean, I don't want to bash these guys. You know, That's not what I'm here doing. I'm not trying to say, oh my gosh, they're terrible. Sterling, why are you so negative? I'm just saying they're good. They're not great. They're good. No, I I get what you're saying. You want to apply labels properly here. And I think, you know, I think that's admirable, but I guess what I was saying was if a guy could go for conceivably these modest numbers of five and 50, in a 16 game season, that's 80 catches for 800 yards. And I guess in my head, like I think of those numbers as like, oh, wow, that's a really solid year. But broken down over time, it's like, oh, those are pretty pedestrian numbers that you have to average to get there. I think that's why it drives me crazy when you hear like, oh, a running back went for over a thousand yards in a season. And it's like, that means rushing for over like 60 yards in a game. That's like, <laughs> 
that's not that big. And now we have the 17 game season, which only is going to make these numbers even look a little bit more silly. And I guess I just think that a guy saying he's going to go for a thousand isn't like saying he's scaling some statistical Everest. I think it's possible for Demarcus Robinson to put together a decent year statistically and, you know, live up to some part of those numbers to make it seem like he knew what he was talking about. And really we look back on the whole time. It was like, Oh, those were kind of pedestrian numbers. He just stayed consistent and healthy. And, and, and maybe he's, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud there, but, but yeah. So you're saying overall, you think the chiefs need to import someone else and Robinson is kind of smoking something. No, I, I think he's a fine number three wide receiver. I just don't see him over put his last two seasons together and he's not at 10 touchdowns or over a thousand yards. That's all I'm saying. I, I just don't all of a sudden see him doing a putting two seasons together of output and doing that in one season. I get Sammy's gone, but Sammy's been perpetually injured if we're being completely honest here. So yeah, I would like to see some implementation of more talent here. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster would have been a fine number two. I get why he didn't come to Kansas City. I think he wants to get paid like a number one. I think it was not his best decision, but I understand it. But I would like Kansas City to try and implement some more talent here. I thought Mar- Marvin Jones Jr. could have been, could have been a guy. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how this position really plays out. Yeah, I don't disagree, and I think most Chiefs fans wouldn't either. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more wide receiver and some other positions with a little offensive draft preview right after the break. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. I'm with Sterling Holmes. Let's talk a little draft uh, on the offensive side. Sterling, we're a couple weeks out still from the draft, Um, but we were talking to Marcus Robinson earlier And what I'd love to do, like, let's not get in the weeds with like, I love this particular guy or that guy, I guess just in general, I'm wondering how you feel about the chief's approach and, and, and how, like, what are you expecting at wide receiver with this draft class? I mean, do you, do you think Veach is striking early, maybe even first round early or, or like, what would your expectations be this far out in the draft? I 100% expect an early round wide receiver draft or pick. I, I think what does that mean? I, I don't necessarily mean first round, but I think at least in the first three, a wide receiver will be taken by Kansas City. The reason why is McColl's got what? Two more years? One more year left and his contract's up. Then you have D-Rob on this one-year deal. You need to start implementing some talent, some future plans at wide receiver. I just am not super comfortable that Kansas City has their number two guy currently on this roster. We know you need to give Patrick Mahomes weapons. He can carry a literally historically bad defense and take him to a boneheaded play away from the defense from going to a Super Bowl. That's if he has talent on the offensive side of the ball. I get everyone's talking about offensive line, but you did do a lot of restructuring, a lot of retooling on this offensive line. Let's not forget the offensive line was pretty solid all season until the Super Bowl when you had like four dudes playing at different positions that they haven't played all year and they got wrecked by one of the best defensive line in football. I get it. 
but let's not let's not overreact and take one game as the end all be all. From a constructive, a long term perspective, getting another wide receiver to grow and give Patrick a a useful weapon, I think just bodes well for the long term future of Kansas City and this offense. I I don't think anyone would disagree with you, but let me get a sense of where. I guess I'm curious where you would weigh that need. If they sunk a first round pick into a wideout, would you complain? No, not at It'd be better than sinking a first round draft pick into a running back last year. Gosh, I feel like I'm the most negative person in the world. I swear to you, I'm not. I promise you. Sterling I hates the Chiefs, folks. He's I wearing a Raiders shirt right now. No, how knew. dare you? It's actually a Craft and Draft Boulevard Royal shirt. Uh, I had to do some yard work. I was I was up in the gutters this morning, out there just cleaning out them bad boys. So, you know. Come on, don't go over here. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay, Mister Optimistic, <laughs> G- give me give me your thoughts. Since apparently I'm no, being I'm, uh, per- I'm being perpetually pessimistic over here. Give me your thoughts. Uh, no, I don't. I don't disagree with you at all. I'm, I, and so, um, yeah, I th- I think you're telling the truth about the Chiefs. I think I think here's what I think. We've lost Tyreek Hill before to a sustained injury. You know, he broke his clavicle. Was that, is that two seasons ago? He broke his clavicle and was out like the first third of the year. If that happens now, I'm going to look around going, we don't even have the chances of hoping that Watkins is healthy to like step up. there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Jody Fortson. <laughs> I mean, at that, at that point, I'm like saying my Catholic prayers to Antonio Callaway's, patron saint whatever you know whatever that's about so yeah man like i i really think they're perilously thin after the top spot and and i mean we're lucky to have the top spot occupied the chiefs have a top three wide receiver in the national football league so you know yeah they'll feast if he's healthy of course and travis kelsey is you know obviously you know i mean we're talking about future hall of famers here but yeah, the inability of, of Hardman to really develop into some sort of reliable target, even when the offense is not scripted his way. Um, and, and when things break down, like they will, you know, is challenging to me. I think though, I think this is where I like Clyde Edwards, Elaire and his supposed ability to be this wonderful pass catching back. I think maybe heading into his second year, this is where maybe he could come in. Do you like, do you think some of the load could go there? I, I think it could. I just also think that this Kansas city chiefs offense isn't as predicated on using the running back as a pass catcher. We're not talking about Philip rivers, who was the king of checkdowns to Austin Eckler, who would go for 13 catches for like 73 yards. Like Patrick seems to, like to push the ball down the field more often than not. And that's obviously a fantastic thing because he has the talent, the arm strength that a lot of quarterbacks, actually any quarterback in the NFL would just love to have because he can make throws that no one else can. He he always has his eyes downfield. I just don't think he'd be as apt to checking down because I think everyone expected Clyde to be used much more in the passing game than he was 
he wasn't. I am with you. I think he will get used and utilized more, but to what extent? Again, I'm not expecting an Austin Eckler, a Christian McCaffrey, an Alvin Kamara type of usage. I think that's more predicated on the offensive flows. For example, Teddy, um, you know, Philip Rivers at the time, and um, Drew Brees, end of career Drew Brees, they just didn't have the arm strength. That was the only thing they could do to try and move the chains. The thing that separates them was Kansas City's offense was much more explosive than all three of those. So I think it just shows that the value of looking downfield, taking chances when you have a guy like Patrick makes more sense. Well, let's switch positions because I'll, I want to. Um, here's what I'm thinking. My greatest draft fear. Here's what I'm curious about. Would you agree with this draft fear or do you feel the opposite? My greatest draft fear, and I know it's going to come true. So I know I'm going to throw something overdraft weekend is I'm afraid of a relatively high pick being used on a tight end. And I know like, like Brett Veach has already come out and said earlier this off season, he said, we've got to get Travis some help. And in a 17 game season, keeping him fresh is going to be a bigger, um, you know, need than, than even before as he gets older, so I like, I'm just, I know it's going to happen at some point. I know we fall in love with some of these guys like Brevin Jordan or whatever, but I'm telling you, I'm going to scream. I'm going to into a pillow. I'm going to throw a, I should buy something Raiders just so I could throw it and break <laughs> it. Because when I hear the chiefs get a tight end and anything higher than like the sixth round, I'm going to lose it. Welcome to my world last year with a running back draft in the first round. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I actually don't have any qualms with Kansas City doing this unless all of a sudden they give up like the farm to draft Kyle Pitts at number six. I don't have a problem with it. And the only reason why is we've been screaming, at least I have for the past like two or three seasons, give Kelsey some help. Just give him some help. This way you can extend his career, let him play longer. And I I think it bodes well for Kansas City to do this. I think they tried last year. I think that was the whole plan with Ricky Seals-Jones. That was the first time they've really gone out and said, hey, let's let's try and use a pass first tight end. And he could hardly stay on the roster. And that was not necessarily due to injury, but due to either not being able to figure the playbook. I, I don't know the reason why completely, because I always thought that would have made a lot of sense having Ricky Seals-Jones, but for some reason or another, it just didn't work out. Andy Reid doesn't really like these two tight end sets, and if he does, he wants to have one who is a plus blocker. I still just don't think they're going to draft a tight end, I would say, in the first four rounds. I just Based on the previous, what we know, based on what we've seen, I just don't see Kansas City doing this. I I wouldn't mind it. I just don't see them actually going through with this. Yeah. Well, I hope that you're right, but I'm actually afraid this is the year. But why? I think we've heard a little bit more about... Because I I don't remember Brett Veach ever saying, we've got to get Travis some help as like a main flag. Like when he was going over, this is what we got to do this off season. That was a part of it. And I'm thinking... Oh gosh, if tight end two is remotely lifted up next to other needs on the roster that are much clearer to me, like edge, anything on the offensive line, etc., like I'm just going to go bananas. It's it's just a 
Yeah. It may be, you know, I mean, it sounds great. Cause it's, you're right. Like it's not hard to find someone like who's tired of Demetrius Harris, Nick Kaiser, Ross Travis, etc. But, but the use, the usage rate is so little. And I'm just thinking, really just spend 1 million more dollars and, and get a decent veteran than to use a draft pick and, 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 um, and waste a third round pick. I mean, to me, it would be a waste, but, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, again, what, maybe what do I know? I'm preparing to throw something. That's just my <laughs> I'll send you a Raiders coffee mug just so you can throw it as long as you get. You know what you should do? Uh, office space. You know how they, they throw out all the records and they start just smashing it? That's what you need to do. Dude, that, yeah. I, by the way, I knew you owned a, made, a Raiders mug. And then that's why you could ship it to me. So how do you dare own, how you? much Raiders paraphernalia do you own? There has never been any Raiders, Chargers. I'll, you know what? I'll, Broncos. I'll even say Seahawks. I'll go even far back. None of that has been in my house. How dare you, sir? That's blasphemy. I love it. I love it. Let, hey, let's switch. Let's switch offensive positions here. Do you think there's a chance we see the next drafted quarterback in this draft? Like front to back. Chad Henney's on the last. It's not going to be Henny given Sunday after this year. Mm. It's over. Drunk off Henny. And 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 we've like Mahomes not getting injured is is that's wishful thinking, man. I mean, he's been he's been injured multiple times and has been like questionable or is he gonna play like whatever? I mean, we can't just pretend he's gonna play all sixteen every year, you know, with any certainty. Like like what do you think of the idea of grabbing a developmental guy? So you don't want to use a draft pick on tight end two, but you do on quarterback two, Matt. I'm befuddled, uh, man. I'm bamboozled. I'm, you know, <laughs> bamboozled. I guess I would mean like a sixth round pick on QB, future QB two. I, they've kind of did that with what Jordan Tiamu. I mean, that's what they kind of tried to do. I think there's just so many guys out there. You want to bring Chase Daniel back? Go ahead. That's fine with me. But I have no problem with it because if Patrick's getting hurt for any extended long period of time, especially if it's the playoffs time, I mean, that's sorry. You don't have much of a chance. I'm fine with just keeping that veteran guy there who can keep the boat afloat. Like Matt Moore did a fine job. Chad Henney did a fine job. Andy Reid has shown, give him any sort of veteran. Give him Kevin Cobb and he can win some ball games. I I just don't want to, I guess personally, I would rather have a veteran than a young rookie guy who is going to have to take time, struggle, learning the system. Just to me, I, I like the idea of, I don't care if he's 35, keep getting perpetual 35 year olds on this roster and Andy will try and win one or two games out of a three game set with the, with these guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I guess I'm just enamored with the, with like the Packers model or like the older model with Ron Wolf when he was GM or like Bill Belichick's ability to sort of, let me take a quarterback. Let me groom that quarterback. Then let me trade him for a ridiculous, uh, you know, sort of, some of, of draft picks because he's like worked with and next to Tom Brady and the mystique of this organization. I think the chiefs have that in their favor as like Andy Reed, the quarterback whisperer. I mean, I could see a guy taken in on day three 
who is set for two or three years, suddenly having this mystique around him going, well, he's learned from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid for two or three years. So some team is going to give you something for him. You know what we should do is just everyone who's in the media who does podcasts, just start talking up some random quarterback on the Chiefs roster who's young and just try and just bump bump his stock up to start doing whisperings of like there may be quarterback controversy he may be taking patrick's job and then all of a sudden some team gives us like three first rounders and boom you're set love it have you heard by the way have you heard about brady quinn i mean he's looking really amazing <laughs> tyler thigpen oh love it love it uh one more one more for you will you see any action at halfback in this draft uh, we better not if you're if you're complaining about tied in two and they draft a running back after literally drafting a running back in the first round, the most replaceable position in all of football. I am going to scream. James Robinson was an undrafted free agent and he looked like the best running back in football, rookie running back in football last year. I, what happened to all the Darwin Thompson talk? Remember when everyone said Darwin Thompson's going to be this new stud for Kansas city. Just stop, just stop drafting running backs and get them either free agents, undrafted guys, do not sink any more draft capital into the most replaceable position in football. I understand. It sucks to be a running back right now. You're not getting paid, and you're taking an absolute beating. I'm sorry, but if you're a team, why are you drafting money or dra- drafting draft capital and spending lots of money Look at the last Super Bowl winners. Where's where are these high profile running backs? Where's McCaffrey? Where's Alvin Kamara? What you know? Where's Zeke? Where's Saquon Barkley? Don't do it. I <laughs> I, uh, I cannot just I can't I cannot disagree with you. Yeah, you you, you said it best right there. It, let's just avoid that entirely if we can. Which means we'll probably draft two just because we will. Who knows? <laughs> Anyway, I feel like I was so negative. <laughs> hey, so, episode. Uh, I feel bad. I, f- I feel like I was the most negative dude this entire episode and I'm not. If you want, if you want some positivity, I think the Chiefs go 13 and three and win the Super Bowl next year. How's that? How's that for positivity, baby? That's good. That's good. They're going to play 17 games next year. They're going to go 14 and three. I keep for, I, I know. I, I just, <laughs> the, the, the new, it's still getting used to me saying this, like the, like the 17 games. And the, the one thing that I love about it more than anything is Patrick is going to destroy all quarterback records and it's just going to be so glorious. That's true. That's true. What I'm going to love is when we're winning the AFC West by six games <laughs> with, you know, with several to go and Andy Reid rest Patrick Mahomes for like a whole third of a season. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, week, anyway, tw- week 12. Hey, one more. <laughs> One more for you. Who's winning the Masters? Oh, Hideki Matsuyama. Come on. It's got to be. If I pull this up and all of a sudden he just, if he just all of a sudden hit it into the water in like three straight holes, then that's going to be a terrible looking pick. But I haven't checked in like an hour. But my gut says Matsuyama. All right. You heard it here, folks. Well, you've been listening to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. This is Sterling Holmes. You can find Sterling on Twitter at HomestretchKC. I'm at MattConnorAA. And you can read about all these things and more at ArrowheadAddict.com. We'll see you later on this week.